Well, last Sunday, um, as we're going through this series, we're going through a series in the book, Experiencing God. Some of you I know are visiting today. You're here for a baby dedication. You say, well, I'm not in the middle of that series with you. I believe God still has a message for you today. And maybe some of you, if you're visiting, you've actually done this study, Experiencing God, and we're doing something we've never done. Um, I've taken people through this study for 20 years in small groups, but it's the first time ever we're doing a church-wide um, experience, and, and people have been blessed. You know what I really love is I keep hearing people talk to me about, well, it said this week, or last week it said this, and I'm like, hey, they're actually reading it and actually doing the studies. And so uh, it's just neat to see that God is, is helping shape and form us through this study. Well, as we're going through this, last week we talked about a reality that, that uh, this study is, talks about and that Scripture talks about, the reality that God still speaks to his followers. And you say, well, duh. But there's a lot of people who think God doesn't speak anymore. And, uh, and one of the nice things about the study we're going through is it kind of shows how does God speak. It's not crazy and weird and ethereal. It's, and we can really see from Scripture kind of the patterns. And then we, we talked about last week just the fact that God still speaks to his followers, that, that he still has something to say to you and me. And, and we ended last week with a challenge, that you'd go through the last seven days just saying, I want to be more keenly aware of the fact that God wants to communicate with me and challenge you to walk through life with kind of ears more tuned and, and eyes more aware of seeing what God's doing around you. And, and I hope that, that you did take some extra time this week or you had some concentration in your, in your workaday life to say, God, I want, to, I want to hear your voice. And when we talked about that last week, we, we saw that the way that God speaks to us is by the Holy Spirit, that he gave us his spirit, that when we came to Jesus and we were born again spiritually, that the Holy Spirit lives in us and he communicates to us that he is the, the spirit of truth from the, the Trinity and that of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that spirit of truth um, is in fact God and that he dwells within his children and as a, a one who dwells in his children, he wants to talk to us and tell us things about, you know, things in our, in our life and in our, in our living with him. Now I mentioned last week that the voice of the spirit um, oftentimes the way he speaks, he works through what? We said four things. He works through the word of God. He works through prayer. He works through circumstances. And he works through the church family in order to talk to us. So for instance, when you are reading God's word, and uh, which is something we should do as his followers, you're reading his word and maybe a text, you know, kind of a sentence jumps out and grabs you. That that just may be, it can be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And we talked about how do you tell if that is. And then maybe another if you're, if you're praying. And uh, you're spending some time just talking to God and praying doesn't mean you're kneeled down on the floor somewhere. That, that maybe you're just walking and, and thinking and talking to God and maybe some person kind of out of the clear blue pops into your mind or a circumstance pops into your mind that very often that's the Holy Spirit guiding and directing you towards a certain situation. And, and we learn to recognize as we walk with God for a period of time that we learn to learn to recognize his voice in those different situations. We go, oh, that's how God is talking to me. That's what we talked about last week, and I wanted to give that as an introduction and also to say this. If you weren't here last week, because we're going to follow up on it today, um, go to the website, our church website, and get the podcast and listen to it, and that will be talked about in, in more detail. All our, all our messages are on the podcast. So now today what I want to do is I want to take us a step farther, and I want to not talk about the fact that God talks to us, but I want to talk about this, explore this. Why does God talk to us? And, and to think, does God just talk to talk? Is that why, if, God, if I'm going to want God, to, I'm going to hear God's voice, should I expect that he just talks to talk? That like today, when I get done with church and I sit down and maybe it's quiet, that God's going to sit down next to me and go, hey, Mark, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the Packer game? 
You know, how do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do today? You know, you think you're throwing interceptions? Is that the way God, is that the kind of relationship we have with God? I know some people who talk, who talk like that's how God talks to them. Is that really what the scriptures say? And is that what experience bears out? That God just talks to talk? Or is there a purpose behind what he says? Is there generally a purpose behind why God would communicate with us? And friends, this is a really important question to wrestle with. Because if we know why he talks to us, what he talks to us about, then we will be more likely to recognize when he's talking to us. Does that make sense? That if I understand what he communicates to his children about, I'm going to recognize more clearly and more quickly that, hey, this is God talking to me. This is God communicating. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So why? Now, I love the way Henry Blackaby, in Experiencing God, explains this in the fourth of the seven realities. And last week we used the fourth of the seven realities. And next week we're going to talk about the fourth of the seven realities. Three weeks on one of them, because I think it's just the heart of what we're trying to get in this 12-week series. And he says this. He says, God speaks by the Holy Spirit, and that's what we talked about last week, through the Bible and prayer and circumstances in the church, to do something, to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. Now, did you see the why there? I said, why would God talk to you? Does he talk about the Packer game? Do you see the why there? He explains why God would talk to us. He says, the why God speaks is to do something, to reveal something to us. That when God talks to us, he has a purpose behind it, and the purpose isn't to tell us the pick three number for lotto. The purpose isn't to tell us who's going to win the Packer game. The purpose is to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. You see the theme in there? He wants to talk to you so you get to know him better. It's all about the relationship. That God, his purpose for talking to us is to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways that he wants to get us to know him better. And as you look over all of the scriptures, you find that when God spoke to people in scriptures, it was for this reason. It was to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. That's why he spoke. He went out to a guy like Moses and said, Hey, Mo, you know, there's the burning bush. Mo, guess who I am? I'm the great I am. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set my people free from Egyptian slavery, and I'm going to use you to do it. He revealed himself. I'm the great I am. He revealed his purpose. I'm going to set my people free. And he revealed his ways. I'm going to use you, Moses. Matter of fact, take that rod in your hand and throw it on the ground and raise it up and water's going to split and do all these things. I'm going to tell you how to do it. He didn't talk to him about who was going to win the chariot race on Sunday afternoon. He talked to him about what he was busy accomplishing. Or he said, hey, Noah, you know what, Noah? I'm going to judge the world. It's my plan. I'm going to do this because the world has become violent and it's, it's out of control. And I'm going to use this huge flood to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to cause it to rain. You've never seen rain before, Noah. But I'm going to rescue you and your family and some animals. And I'm going to have you build this great big boat. And then you're going to get on that boat after it takes 100 years to build it. And I'm going to rescue the world through you. God did what? He revealed himself. He says, I'm the holy judge of the world. I'm the deliverer of mankind. I'm the rescuer of, of humanity and all the animals. He revealed who he is. He revealed his purpose. He said, you know what, Noah? I'm going to start the whole world over because, because it's kind of got messed up, but I'm going to start this thing over and, and give man a fresh start. And he said, I'm going to tell you how to do it. I'm going to tell you my way. I'm going to make you, have you build a great big boat, Noah, and your family and your animals are going to get in. I'm going to cause the animals to come in and get on the boat. 
When God talks to us, he reveals on purpose himself, his purposes, and his ways. God spoke so that people could know him more and understand what he's up to. So that they could become involved with him on his mission of seeking and saving the lost and moving people from believers to disciples. That's why he said, enter into my mission, enter into my work. That's why he speaks to people. And friends, that's why God speaks to you, and that's why God speaks to me. To reveal himself more fully, and to reveal his purposes, what he's up to, and reveal his ways, um, how he wants his work accomplished. And once again, what we see by that is the reason he talks to us, the reason he communicates with us, is it's all about the relationship. It's all about the communication that he has with us revolves around his activity in the world. So it's not about the Packer game. And if we're listening for stuff that's, that's irrelevant, we won't see it, we'll get confused. But he says, when I talk to you, my conversation is about what I'm doing and how you can be involved. So today, what I want us to do in our time remaining is just look at, at one of these, of, the, of himself, his purposes, and ways. Just the first one. Let's look at the fact that God speaks to us about... Um, about how he wants to reveal himself. That when God talks to us, he wants to help us understand who he is better. We said this to Moses. He revealed himself as the great I am. You know, what's he saying? I am. He said, Moses, I'm all powerful. I'm all knowing. I can do anything I want to do. I am able to free my people from Egyptian slavery and I am able to lead them into the land of abundance. He says, I am the I am. Now, why is that important? Because Moses had to know who God was and what God could do in order to believe that God could do what he said he was going to do. Because God was going to ask him to do a bizarre, incredible, impossible thing. He says, go in there. You have no army. You have no nothing. Um, and I want you to go in there and I want you to set people free. I want you to lead them out of slavery. He had to believe that God could do what he said he could do. See, this is what I want you to understand today about God revealing himself to us. That God reveals himself in order to increase our faith so that he can lead us into his activity. That that's why he speaks to you. He's trying to reveal himself to you in order to increase your faith about who he is so that you can join him in his activity. So God revealed himself as the I am to Moses so that he had faith to enter into the plan of God and know that as the I am, he could. That makes sense? So that's why he revealed himself to him. And friends, understand this. God is always in the process of revealing more of himself to us so that we have increasing faith so that we can, he can invite us into greater activity with him that he's always trying to help you understand more about him because he has more for you to do. That that's God's plan for you. I want you to think about something today that a lot of times we don't get because we have our own plans for our life. We say, I know exactly what the next year is going to look like, the next five years is going to look like, the next ten years is going to look like. I know that's the date I'm going to retire. That's what I'm going to do when I retire. That's what I'm going to do when I raise my kids, whatever. And we have all the plan worked out. You understand something? God's got a plan that's probably a whole lot different than that for you. And he wants to reveal himself to you in ever greater increasing ways because he has ever increasing greater things for you to be involved with, with him. It's not just so you can do your plans. It's that he's got a plan for you. And that plan is bigger than anything you've experienced before. And so he has to reveal himself in bigger ways to you 
And so if you walk through your life with your eyes closed and your ears closed, because you're really saying this, I don't want to really hear God, because if I hear, you might mess with my plans. We do that. I'm telling you, God doesn't want you to do that. That his plan for each of you is that he wants to reveal himself in greater ways to you so he can call you to do, involve with him in greater things. He has a plan for each and every one of you. And it doesn't end with you just saying, well, I've done enough. You know when you've done enough? When they throw dirt over you. And I'm not saying that in a way like, oh, you can't rest. I'm saying it in a way that God is saying, I got so much more for you than what your little plans are. He's saying, but in order to do the plans that I have for you, you need to understand who I am. So he continually increases our revelation of him so we have increasing faith. You know, think about this, how this process works. He increases our faith. He reveals more about himself so he increases our faith so we can be involved in bigger things. And and think about it, maybe the, the most simple example of that in all of Scripture. Think of King David with me for a second. King David starts out as a shepherd boy watching over his father's sheep, Right? He's just a boy. He's the least of the least, the smallest of the family, the youngest. He's, got, he's kind of a, the family looks at him as a nobody, but he's anointed as, as king, uh, even before he becomes king. And he's just a shepherd boy. And one day while he's watching the sheep, um, a lion comes in and attacks the sheep. And so he does what I don't think anybody else would do, that God empowers him somehow. And he, with his bare hands, he kills the lion. A little while later, um, a, 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 a bear comes and attacks the sheep, and somehow um, God empowers him to kill the bear. And he's starting to see God revealed in his life as the one who can empower him to do seemingly impossible things. Well, then one day the armies of God are, are shaking in their boots because they are camped on one side of a valley and the armies of the Philistines are camped on the other side. And each day this giant of a man named Goliath comes out and he taunts the armies of God and he says, somebody come and fight me. And no one wants to do it because he's so big. Well, little shepherd boy David wanders into the scene and says, you know, I'll fight that big dude. I'll take him on. He says, God has revealed himself to me. God used me to kill a lion and God used me to kill a bear. And God, used, God will use me to, he doesn't need the question, God will use me to kill this uncircumcised Philistine. See, that's exactly the reason he went into the story. It wasn't that he thought he was so big and tough. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 37 reveals this. It says this, it says, and David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He's saying this, God has revealed himself as the one who delivers me from danger. And I understand God in that capacity. If he delivered me before, he's got bigger things for me to do now than I did then. And what happened? We see that he goes off and he fights Goliath, takes a slingshot, whacks him, cuts off his head. He kills him. But that's not where the story ends. Because the story doesn't go, lion, bear, Goliath, stop. It goes, lion, bear, Goliath, become the captain of the army of all of Israel and lead Israel for years, for decades, into military victory and conquest. God kept revealing himself in greater ways to David so David could do more for God in the plan of God. Do you see how the process works there? God reveals himself in greater dimensions in order to increase our faith or David's faith so that David could join with him in ever-increasing ways. He kills the lion, he kills the bear, he kills Goliath, he kills all incredible armies that God says, you know what, I started a revelation here, but I'm increasing the revelation of who I am in your life so that you can join me in ever-increasing ways. God reveals himself 
Why? To increase our faith in order to lead us into action and activity. Now I want you to think for a moment. How is God revealing himself to you? How has he been revealing himself to you? That's what I was hoping for this last week as you started to tune your ears into God. You say, how has God been revealing himself over the span of my life? Maybe your life with Jesus is, is six months long. Maybe it's 60 years long. How has God been revealing himself to you? And how does God want to use that in your life? A while ago, a couple weeks ago, um, one of our exercises in experiencing God was to look at this long list of names and descriptions of God and put a check mark next to the ones that you've experienced God in that capacity. Remember that exercise? Went through that couple row columns on a page and you said, which one do I know that I've experienced God in this way? So I remember going through that and looked back, I looked back at it and it said, came the one that says, do you know God as our peace? And I had a check mark next to it. I said, I can think of times when I was in incredible turmoil and I looked to God and the peace of God that surpassed all understanding came into my life and I experienced his peace in my life. And I said, I've experienced God as my peace. I've experienced God in that way. Remember going through the list and saying, checked off um, the God who sees me. You say, well, how did you experience God? Like, I remember at times when I thought nobody knows what I'm going through. I'm all alone. Nobody cares. You know, my wife doesn't care. My kids don't care. Gary, you don't care. Nobody cares. I'm all alone. And, and God revealed, you know what, Mark? I see right where you are and what you're doing. And I care. The God who sees me. I remember checking the box when I looked at a list on the God who forgives me. Because guess what? I'm not perfect and neither are you. And I've done a lot of bonehead things in my life. <laughs> I heard an amen. <laughs> um, a lot of bonehead things in my life. We all have. And I remember coming to God time and time again and saying, God, I need your forgiveness. And you know what? He never says, well, you've got to jump through some hoops first. He goes, I'm just so happy you came and he forgives you. And I feel the forgiveness of God. I remember experiencing God. One of the check marks was next to the Lord will provide. Because time and time again, I've not known how God, how it's going to work. And God will supernaturally come through with some resources for a situation and go, wow, God, I know you that way. I remember checking the box of the Holy One. You're the Holy One. I've experienced you that way. Because like you, I've had times when maybe reading His Word or experiencing life and I've just maybe in worship and I come to a place and I realize how holy God is and how unholy I am. And I feel like Isaiah the prophet who encounters God in the, in the sanctuary and he says, you know what? Uh, I'm a man of unclean lips living among a people of unclean lips. God, this whole world's a train wreck and I'm the chief of the train wreckers and God, how can you look on me? And he says, you know what? I love you anyways and I recognize His holiness and my lack holiness like a check that box you check boxes on how you've experienced god now think about something think about how god has revealed himself to you and i want you to think about this that revelation has a purpose he revealed himself to me in these ways and you in those whatever ways for a purpose it's designed to bring you into an increasingly deeper and more profound love relationship with God, through which he invites you to join with him in his activities so that you can experience him in greater ways. Did you, did you understand what I said there? I know it's maybe a little comp, complicated statement, but, but that's the reason he reveals himself. That the revelation that he's revealed you to himself to you in, that revelation has a purpose. 
that it's designed to bring you into an increasingly deeper and more profound love relationship with God through which God then invites you to join with him in his activity so you can go from killing a lion to killing a bear to killing Goliath. And in that process, you learn to experience him in ways you've never experienced him before. Let me give you an example of how this works, how it's worked in our lives. One of the ways, matter of fact, the first thing I checked on the list, the very first thing, I don't know about Suzanne, the very first thing I checked on the list, I looked at the list and I said, I know God that way, is that Suzanne and I know God as the Lord will provide. Like any of the number one way that I know the reality of God is through the provision of God. Throughout our walk with God, God has repeatedly led us to take these ridiculous financial risks in order to follow his leading for our lives. He led me to quit a career and to go to Bible college, told me I shouldn't borrow any money when I went, and he miraculously and repeatedly supplied during that whole time. He led us to plant two different churches with no support. And if Suzanne had been a nurse then, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but if she wasn't, and he said, not only don't, don't work, don't, are you not in that situation, but I don't want either one of you to work outside the church. I want you to just trust me. Take your children, move to a new city, start with no money and say, God, just trust me. God told us to do it twice. And every time, he miraculously and repeatedly supplied. I could honestly write a book about the numerous times that God has led us to take huge financial risks in order to follow his leading. And in each and every one of those times, God provided. He provided cars, he provided homes, he provided money in the mail in order for us to accomplish what he asked us to do. See, I know God as my provider. Now, I said this. This is the point I'm trying to make. God, because you, you have a revelation of God at some point, but I want you to get today is God wants to increase the revelation to increase his activity in your life. So God is always increasing or expanding the revelation of himself in order to increase our faith to join with him in his activity. So based upon knowing God as who God is and, and walking with him and not really necessarily thinking about this, four years ago, four and a half years ago, we agreed to come to Portview and be the pastor of this church. Well, within the first week of being here, um, knowing God as a provider was put to the test. Like nothing, there may be no more time in my life. See, as a long-term staff member of this church, told me my very first week here that God had led them to plant a church in the area. And I knew this just from reality, not because of me or anybody else, that a large portion of the church would join with that new church. In fact, the person who had been here for 12 years as part of the church was related to a whole bunch of people. And I had a choice to make right then. Literally sat at my desk and had a choice to make when the person walked out of my office. And I knew it. God put it before me. It was so clear. He said, here's your choice. Will you believe I'm your provider or not? Will you trust me or not? And in the flesh, I realized something. My little pea brain squirrel cage was running around up there. And I'm going, God, this could be disastrous for this church. I'm brand new here, God. I have no clout, I have no influence, I have no relationships. This could be a train wreck. You know, the income of the church the year previous, I was already down over $100,000 in giving the year before. So income was way down. And I'm saying, God, I know I want to be a spiritual leader, but I've got to make sure the bills are paid. You know, that's the thing that people don't also think about church. It's still, you still got to pay the light bill. you still got to pay the mortgage. But in my spirit, in an instant, I heard the voice of God. I literally heard the voice of God say, Go with this and bless it. So myself and the church board, we did that. We did exactly that. And in this time of huge transition in this church, which generally train wrecks a, a, a church, the 30-year pastor had just left. 
We're trying to finish, as you recall, anybody's been here this long, that whole building across the connector was completely unfinished. None of this stuff out in the cafe was done. And we had over $300,000 that had to be spent just to simply get that building. It had been unfinished for five years and, and we're basically paying money on empty air, mortgage payments every month. Felt God saying you need to finish that. And I'm going, God, how's it going to happen? It's impossible. What we did is we allowed the church, that church plant to be developed from within our congregation, gave them an entire year to recruit whoever they wanted. And not only that, committed as a congregation to pay the exiting pastor's salary for six months after they left and then having to hire new staff to replace it, even though we knew a lot of money would walk out the door. Well, when the new church launched, almost 100 people joined with the new plant, representing half of the congregation almost that was here when we got here, and representing over almost $200,000 in annual giving. And I'm saying, God, it's down 100000 there's 200000 I'm not dummy. I can at least round, I could add round numbers. <laughs> And I'm going, uh, it don't add up. It was a huge step of faith for all of us involved. And here was the real question for me. Would God do it again? He provided for the lion. He provided for the bear, but this is Goliath. I can't just work hard enough to make this one go. You know, God, these numbers are too big for me. Would God do it again? We'll do something. Just turn your head to the right and to the left this morning. Look around. Will God do it again? Our finances are strong, our church is strong, and God is the provider again. Matter of fact, I mentioned to Suzanne this morning, I said, if you noticed that if we wouldn't have just a few months ago switched from pews to pew chairs, there wouldn't be any room for people to sit. We increased our seating capacity by 120 about four months ago, and look around, you wouldn't put all the people in the building, in the seatings. Our finances are strong, our church is strong, because God did it again. I can I tell you something, friends? I mean, it's easy. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Absolutely. I'm glad you applauded for a reason. Because here's the kind of cool part, and here's the scary part. What's next? What's next? There's the lion, there's the bear, there's the giant, but then there's a the Philistine army. God gives you greater revelation. Why? So you can join him in greater activity. Why? So you can have a, a greater experience with him. Friends, you don't have to wonder if this is going to happen. It is happening. He will call us to take bigger risks than we've ever taken again so that he can provide again and, he will have more re- and we will have more reasons to give him praise and glory again. He will do it. He's in the process of it already. He's going to do things that only he can do through this congregation and in your life if we'll faithfully follow him. But every time it's something bigger than it was the time before. Why? So we have a greater revelation that builds our faith so we can trust him more so that he gets more glory. See, God reveals himself. Why? To increase our faith that leads to action. So then he reveals himself again that leads to more faith that results in more action. That's the why of why he reveals himself to you. It's not to sit around a cup of coffee and have a conversation with him or walk down the beach with him on a Sunday morning and just say, oh, isn't God good? Now, I love to walk and talk to God. I'm not trying to deny that. But when he speaks to us, Scripture says he speaks to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. And I want you to think about how God has revealed himself to you. Some of you went and you took those check marks. You put your check marks, God, I met this God this way, I met God that way, I met God that way. Friends, he's building your faith. 
because he wants you to join with him in his activity. See, this church world's not about a pastor doing a whole bunch of stuff. It's about God. It's all his activity. He just somehow chose to partner with people. And you know what he loves to do? He loves to make take people who really have no abilities and shock the world and go, he did that through you? He loves to do that. I know, I'm living proof. He goes, really? He goes, you know what, I'm going to confound the whole world. I'm going to make the demons just laugh. Or the angels laugh and the demons cry. I'm going to use that, that guy with nothing, nothing going on and I'm going to use him to do stuff. But he does the same thing for you. He's no respecter of people. And when you allow him, and we take it's our, part of our participation, when he reveals himself to you and you look for how does that revelation tie to what he wants to do and you allow him to work in your life, friends, that's when you really come to experience him. Our experience with God isn't just some cerebral understanding of the God of the universe. It's an act of living reality that comes through us participating in what he's doing. So here's what I want you to do for this coming seven days. I want you to look for ways that God is revealing himself to you. If you haven't already done so and you're a person that has a textbook, over a hundred of you do, look at exercise number four on page 72. That's what I referred to of experiencing God. And read that list of names and descriptions of God and check those that describe God's way that he has revealed himself to you personally, you've experienced him. Or if you've done that, just review it. Say, how has God done it? And you say, well, I'm not doing a workbook or I'm visiting. This is what you can do. Most Bibles will have a list of the names of God in the front or the back of the Bible. This way is, you know, he's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, you know, all these different things. He's the provider. He's the comforter. And those will be listed. In scripture references. Most of your Bibles have those lists. Or you can go online and say the names of God. Click. It'll come up. Read through that list and think about ways that you have personally experienced God in your life. It was easy for me to go, God's my provider. It was easy for me to say, God's my forgiver. You know? And say, yes, he's my provider. Yes, he's my savior. Yes, he's my comforter. Yes, he's my peace. For instance, you may have come to to experience God as your comforter when at some point in your life you experienced his comfort during a time of great sorrow. You say, that's the way I've experienced God. I've experienced him as my comforter in a time of loss. Spend time this week looking for how God has revealed himself to you already. He's revealed himself that way for a purpose. To build your faith in order to move you to action. And I promise you, church, there's nothing greater to be involved with on the planet than the activity of God. The world offers all kinds of distractions, but the activity of God is where it's at. Right? Would you stand with me this morning? In just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to, uh, to just allow the Lord to speak to you. Maybe you want to spend some time around the altars and pray and say, God, I just want to know how, I want to, I want to see. How have you? I don't want to just live on Pastor Mark's life and go, oh yeah, God's a provider because he provided for Pastor Mark and he gave us great illustration about Portview Church. No, you have the same stories. And your stories are, are different. And they're real and they're you and they change you. And I want you to ask God, God, show me how you've 
revealed yourself to me already in my life. How have I come to know you and say, God, then what do you want to do with that? And so I encourage you to spend some time just thinking about that and talking to the Lord about it today and over the next week. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being so good to us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you call us by name. Thank you that people today have said, I want to know you as Savior. You've called them. They've responded because you've revealed yourself. And Lord God, we pray that that would be repeated time and time again throughout this community so that people come to, to know the living God. God, this week as we tune our ears in and listen for what you have to say, help us to hear how you've ministered in our life in the past so that we can see where you're taking us in the future. Lord, bless everyone who's come here in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends. Have a wonderful day in Christ.